Uh, no, I'm not Marty, in case you needed to be told that. The uh, Cornerstone Church in Seymour, their preacher is on a sabbatical, and they called and asked if Marty would come and share a word from God for them, and he agreed to do that. So that is where he is at this morning. I know he would appreciate greatly our prayers for him as he speaks there. And uh, don't forget that next week is when he does that sermon he's been working on for months and months and months. And we're looking forward to hearing about God making a way for us. You be sure and come back next week, and you be sure and bring other people with you who need to know about that way. I know that would be a great way to welcome him home. I want to begin today by sharing with you a scenario from my life. And uh, I hope you'll also hear this as a little bit of a moment of confession. Uh, my Dory would sometimes lament to me something like this. She'd say, Virgil, how come you're, whenever you're with that person, you never stop talking? But when you're with me, you never talk. I'm sad to say that her comments were too often more accurate than I should have ever allowed them to become. I think that's especially true when I tell you about the first uh, real lengthy conversation we had. She made that uh, choice, that maybe mistake of saying to me, Virgil, tell me about yourself. <laughs> An hour later, I was still talking. Finally took a breath and uh, said, Oh, well, Dory, let me do the same. Tell me about you. The truth is, the fact is, that most of us enjoy it when we are spoken to. Most of us would prefer the comforting presence of words being exchanged to any uneasiness of awkward and uncomfortable silence. When other people speak to us, we're honored, we're pleased. Of course, unless that's the telemarketer that interrupted us, right? Oh, we find joy, we find worth when we're spoken to. When we're spoken to, it lets us know that we matter to people and they care about us a great deal. And so that brings me to some really good Christmas time news. You see, Christmas is all about that sovereign and holy and perfect God speaks to us. And we should consider his communication with us as one of the greatest and most cherished gifts we'll ever, ever receive. Let me see if I can illustrate that point for you. A few years back, Dory and I were on vacation in Washington, D.C. It was during the George Bush era when Condoleezza Rice was Secretary of State. We were in the Capitol building and Condoleezza Rice herself walked right past me going the other direction. Now this lady was not more than six inches away from me. But did she speak? <laughs> nah. Now I know she's a busy lady, got a lot of important work to, done, to do. I know she's well known and famous, but she chose not to speak. And I guess I made the same choice, not to embarrass myself. There was another time when I was at the Columbus airport and we were having a church event there for our widows and I was assigned to be at the door and open the door and welcome the widows as they came in. Well, little to my knowledge did I not, I didn't know this, but as I'm standing there at the door, 
Tony Stewart walks up to the door. And I get the pleasure of opening the door for my favorite NASCAR driver. But did he speak? <laughs> no. Now, I'm not saying that to criticize these people. I'm just saying when we're spoken to, it makes us feel really good. We feel important. We feel like we matter. So today we're going to look at a passage from Hebrews chapter 1 that we're calling the final word. Eric, thank you for the song. I asked him to do that because it's a song that kind of sums up the message that I want to bring to you today at this Christmas time. From Hebrews chapter 1, we read these words. Follow along in your Bible, in the pew Bible, in the, or the chair Bible, on the screen behind me. Let's hear what the Bible has to tell us about this final word. Hebrews chapter 1, beginning verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these days, these last days, he says, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. After He had provided purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And so He became as much superior to the angels as the name He has inherited is superior to theirs. The final word, God spoke in the past to the prophets, through the prophets to our ancestors. But in these days, he speaks to us through his son. If we're to understand the book of Hebrews properly, it's important to note and to understand that this book was written to Hebrew Christians. Christians who were having their faith greatly challenged by the situations around them. The message of the book of Hebrews is that Christianity far exceeds Judaism, just like Jesus far exceeds Moses. The book of Hebrews is about the new covenant that is far, far superior to the old covenant. And the ever-echoing truth of the book of Hebrews is that the Old Testament is good, <laughs> but Jesus is better. That deserves an amen. He is better. And so the book begins, as we read, by comparing the way God spoke in the past to the way He speaks now, and that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is God's greatest, ultimate, and final word. To help us uh, move through this idea, we're going to look at three points today, and the first one is this. God is always speaking to His creation. He is always speaking to His people. And remember, being spoken to, we love it. We want it. And we're glad that God does it. We know that. We know that God is speaking to us. But why? Why does this holy God choose to share with us and communicate with us? Well, he speaks to us because he loves us. <laughs> That's what uh, 
Harold shared with us at communion, that he's on our side. God speaks to us because he desires to communicate with us. As you read Genesis, the early chapter there, you understand that God wanted a being that would love him back by his own choice, and so he created man and woman. God wanted someone to communicate with, someone to exchange feelings and emotions and and faith with. God wanted someone. And remember, he turned to Jesus, who was there with him, and said, let us make man in our image. And then later it says that's exactly what God did, that we were made in the image of God. And what that means, in part at least, then is we have that same desire within us. We want to communicate, and we want to be communicated with. And that's why God speaks to us. God wants and stands ready to, ready to lead us and to guide us. That's why He speaks. He knows we need that. And He wants us to follow His will and way, and so He reveals it to us by speaking. God speaks because He wants to encourage us and uplift us. He knows that as we learn His heart and learn His character and learn His plan... The effect upon us will be that we'll be lifted up and encouraged and bolstered in our faith. God speaks because He knows that His words and His voice will bring us great joy. I would have loved for a Condoleezza Rice to say, hey. I would have loved for Tony to say, hey. And I love it when God speaks and it brings me joy. It would also bring us peace. That peace the Bible describes as passing all understanding. It just comes to us. God speaks to us because we need to know Him. Because He wants us to know Him. And that means we can know Him. Because He's chosen to speak. Now sometimes, God speaks in a loud and dramatic voice. We know that to be true. The stories are numerous. Just think about those moments of creation when the Bible tells us that God spoke the world into existence. We look more carefully at that idea and we come to understand that God made something out of nothing. It's not that God took stuff that was already there and assembled it or manufactured it or arranged it in some way. But God started with nothing. Remember, the earth was without form and void. But God took that and did a wonderful thing, making something out of nothing. What a voice. What a speech. Then consider Moses, that bush that caught fire but was never consumed. And God's voice came from it. Can't you imagine it was just this booming voice where God is calling Moses to go to Egypt and lead his people out of their slavery. And then think just a little while later when Moses went up to the mount and God started speaking to him and giving him the tablets of the Ten Commandments. Sometimes God speaks in those loud and dramatic ways. Maybe you've had some of those experiences. But sometimes God also chooses to speak in that still, small voice. That's the way he spoke to Elijah. And Elijah heard him clearly. And I'll tell you, apart from my life, when God spoke to me in the summer of 1974 in a still small voice on a porch swing in East Tennessee, 
where life for an Atlanta boy was slow. And God called me into the ministry in just a very quiet and subtle way. God is speaking to his people. Well, that's a little bit about the wise, but let's look now how, how God does this. How does God speak to us? Again, the book of Hebrews begins by comparing the way God spoke in the past to, the ancestors, to our ancestors through the prophets. But now he speaks through his son. Let's do just a quick survey of see some of those fascinating episodes where, as Hebrews says, he spoke in many, at many times and in various ways. He spoke through the prophets many times, many other messengers and servants. When God needed to get a message to Noah, he spoke through the dove. You remember the dove after the rain stopped and the water began going down and the ark finally rested on a mountain peak and then Moses sent the dove out to find out if there was any dry land for the people to get off the boat and go start doing what God had in mind for them to do. He had to do that twice and twice God spoke to him through the dove. Think about stubborn Pharaoh in Egypt who would not listen to the voice of reason as Moses pleaded, let us go and worship, let us go away from here and worship someplace that is not filled with all these idols and other things. And Moses refused. And so God chose to speak through a series of terrible plagues. Locusts, frogs, rivers turning to blood. And of course, the ultimate death of the firstborn child in any unmarked home as God had prescribed. Let's think about Gideon for a minute. God chose the, the wool fleece, both made wet when everything else was dry and kept dry when everything else around it was wet, to confirm to Gideon, my calling to you is that you lead my army to victory. For Balaam, God chose to speak through his donkey. As Balaam was riding his donkey and heading toward danger and certain death, the donkey refused to go that way. And the Bible tells us that Balaam beat that donkey and beat that donkey, but the donkey still wouldn't go. And finally God opened his eyes and Balaam was able to see the dangers that lay ahead. God spoke through the donkey as it spoke to Balaam. Oh, we go to the New Testament and we hear Jesus as he's riding into Jerusalem on that triumphal entry day. And what does he say? He says, listen, if you people don't praise me, even the rocks and stones will cry out. And so God could use the voice of the stones as well. Saul was blinded by a bright light. A man full of hate for the Christians on that Damascus road to go persecute them. God spoke to him, changed his life, and he became one of God's greatest messengers. We could even go so far, I think, as to legitimately say that every miracle of Scripture is an act of God speaking, communicating, revealing to us His power and His love. Sometimes God chooses to speak in visions and dreams. Sometimes God speaks in the form of commands and stories. He may use the promise or a warning he may use a to-do list, do these things. Or he may use a don't-do list, don't do these things. But that is how God speaks to us today.
I want to tell you about Dory's grandfather, William Tyler Puckett. Mr. Puckett, granddaddy as the family called him, was a man of few words. <laughs> but when he spoke, he was worth listening to. And I always loved it when he finally came forth to share some input into a conversation or a situation. I was just amazed at his wisdom and his ability to just put it so succinctly and so specially and so helpfully. He didn't speak very often. This reminds me of the fact that, yeah, God speaks to us, but there was that 400-year period after Malachi the prophet delivered the last prophecy of the Old Testament. Then 400 years took place before God spoke again. But we know how he spoke. He chose to speak now through his son. Paul, as he writes Galatians chapter 4, tells us this. When the time set had fully come, in other words, when everything was just right, God sent his son, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. God spoke through Jesus. He gave his ultimate word, and Jesus was born. Mankind, you and I, had the Savior, the mediator that we need and will always need. God is always speaking to his people. Secondly, this morning, I want to mention this idea that Jesus is God's final word. Again, the Hebrew writer says this is the way God spoke in the past, but now he speaks through his son, but why Jesus? What qualifies him? Well, if you just look at the text we read from Hebrews 1, you get all kind of clues and all kind of descriptions of the pedigree of Jesus that prove and, and declare his worth to be the final word of God. It says he is the heir of all things. He's the maker of the universe. He's the radiance of God's glory. He's the exact representation of God's being. He sustains all things. He provides purification for sins. He's reigning currently at God's right hand. He's superior to the angels. And he possesses the most supreme name that is above every other name. I tried to think of a way to think this up and it came to my mind. You may be familiar with that Applebee's jingle on their commercial. Taking where they take the Tina Turner song and uh, try to build up their product by saying, simply the best, better than all the rest. That's our Jesus. That's our final word from God. Jesus is God's ultimate message and messenger for his people. The Son is God's best and final word. There is no word of God superior to that of the Son. Jesus, there's no name more powerful or mighty. There's no one more preeminent, no, more, no person worthy of top billing more than Jesus. There's no Savior more irreplaceable or unchanging. There's no high priest more empathetic or great. There's no sacrifice more perfect and complete. There's no other alpha and omega. There's no other who is from everlasting to everlasting. 
There is none like him. As if all that's not enough, the scripture is full of the undeniable and constant testimony about the worth and the pedigree of Jesus. We know that John chapter 1 passage. We refer to it all the time at Christmas. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And verse 14 is the culmination, saying, The Word became flesh, made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus certainly is worthy. In Matthew chapter 3, as Jesus was baptized, it tells us this, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the, the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Peter and John were telling the crowds about Jesus. And remember they were uh, told to stop and they were put in jail to get them to stop, but they couldn't. And they said, Salvation is found in no one else, Acts 4.12, for there is no, name, no other name under heaven given to man, whereby he must be saved. Paul adds in as well, in Philippians 2, when he says, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage or clung to or grasped selfishly. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. Being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In somewhat similar words, Paul adds in again in Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 15, saying the Son is the, invisible, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For Him all things were created, things in heaven, things on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And perhaps the crowning point, the crowning word of the worthiness of Jesus as God's final word 
came from the mouth of Jesus himself from the cross. When he shouted in victory, it is finished. God's plan been put into play and now it was ready to go because Jesus, the final word, had died. We also see that both Matthew and Luke in their early chapters, when they tell of the birth of Jesus, they give us the why of Christmas and why Jesus, God's final word, born as a babe in the Metho- born as the baby in Bethlehem's manger, came to our earth to live among us and hang on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins so that we can be reconciled with the God who loves us enough to complete such a plan. A great gift that God chose to speak through His Son, His final word. Yes, God is always speaking to His people. And He spoke marvelously and finally through His Son, Jesus. Which brings us to point three, which might be the most important thing I can say to you this morning. And it's this. If God speaks to His Son, we would do well to listen. We can't make a better choice. There's no voice superior to His. Jesus is the final words of, word of God. When we get a gift from someone, uh, I think we generally understand that we should appreciate it. We should be thankful for it. We should cherish it. And God has given us this gift at Christmas time that He chose to speak through the Son, the baby in the manger, and through His life and death and resurrection, and even through His return to come. The best way we can show our real appreciation. For any gift, but especially the gift of God in his final word, Jesus, is to listen and do what he says. In other words, we would do well to listen and obey what Jesus says to us. God's path is always our best path. It's always our best guide. Choosing to hear and obey our Lord honors and glorifies Him. It testifies to the world that God is present and that He loves us and cares about us. God's choice for us is always in our very, very best interest. See, that's what God expects from us. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to understand, I've spoken and I want you to listen. That's what he said when Jesus and some other disciples went up to the mountain of transfiguration. Heavenly beings started appearing, people from the past. Jesus started glowing. It was a wonderful scene. Matthew 17.5 tells us, While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. That's the message I want to share with us all this morning. We can listen to the Lord. He can speak to us through many sources. Sometimes he speaks to us through scripture. That's probably his most common way. Sometimes he uses the Christian leaders that are in our lives to speak to us. Or wise counsel from some other source. 
Of course, let's not forget the Holy Spirit living within us who helps us understand what sin is, helps us stay away from that sin, and who helps us produce fruit that lets us be more like the Son He gave to us. He speaks to us through our conscience. And sometimes He even chooses to speak to that idea of a moral fiber that maybe we've gathered as we've grown or maybe because it's been present around us for so long. But these are all different ways that God speaks to us. This morning I just want to say to you, whatever media you choose to listen to God in and by, you need to make sure it's consistent with what God reveals about Himself in Scripture. And that Jesus is God's greatest and final word. He spoke to us. Gave us just what we need, just when we needed it, and just how we needed it. Jesus came to this earth to complete God's revelation to you and me. We can know Him. We can walk with Him. We can be His people. Oh, it's a wonderful Christmas present from God that He has spoken. And our best gift to God would be what? Right on. Listen. Listen to him. And so this morning, if he's speaking to you, maybe you need to make a decision to begin a relationship with him. Maybe you've never named him as Lord and obeyed him in repentance and faith and baptism and confession. This would be a wonderful morning to give God that gift. Lord, I'm listening and I'm following and I'm obeying Maybe there's a decision some of you need to make about church membership, to make Ogleville the place where you say, I'm, I'm in. I want to work with you. I want to serve with y'all. I want to do the things God's doing with you through this congregation. Maybe there's some other decision, whatever it may be. We're going to stand. We're going to sing our song of invitation today. If you've got a decision to make, respond to God. Say yes. Listen and obey. Nothing would please our God more. Make your way forward as we sing, please.